Well, good morning, Mount Zion Church. Great to see everybody. Ah, we made it. We made it to church. Ah. Come on, let's worship the Lord together as we stand to our feet. We give God glory this morning. Come on, church. Who breaks the power of sin and darkness? Whose love is mighty, so much stronger? The King of glory, the King above all kings. Who shakes the whole with holy thunder? Who leaves his presence in awe and wonder? The King of glory, the King above all kings. This is amazing grace.
today. <laughs> All right. Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing? Got nice sunshine. It's summertime. Everybody's finding a body of water or an air conditioner. <laughs> it's getting hot this last week. So uh, not too much uh, we're, for announcements. We're uh, taking a break for our summer. So our like Wednesday nights, our summits, we're going to take a break from those. We do, however, Refresh is still going. You guys have your potluck on the 20th, I believe, and barbecue chicken is provided. Uh, you guys bring the sides. So there's that. The most funnest thing coming most up. most funnest of all. <laughs> That's not a good drum roll. Hold on. That's pretty awesome. No, movie ah. nights. Movie, movie nights night. is awesome. You'll look, uh, if you picked up a bulletin, there's a couple of tickets in there. Pass these out. Bring, you know, invite people. They're mm -hmm. super fun, even if you don't, okay. I like cartoon movies because I have kids and I'm kind of forced to watch them. <laughs> but <laughs> there's, that's why we pick live action movies too. So there's not, um, it's not all just cartoon, there's live action. And the cartoon movies that we picked are actually pretty fun. I mean, they're good ones. They are. And now, I will say, if you look at the ticket, it's pretty awesome. You see our banners are up down at the street. Um, the movies aren't on here. So you have to go to the website if you want to know what the movies are. Yes. Encourage people. We do have a website. Oh. <laughs> it's mtzchurch.org. You can do a bunch of stuff on there. There's a bunch. It's a beautiful website. It really is. Yep. Krista and um, Pastor did a great job designing that thing. It is... It's functional. It looks awesome. You can click on a bunch of things. You can give online. I mean, that's what I do. Yeah. Who, who carries cash anymore? <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, what I wanted to mention, so you guys know, first, uh, we're doing every Friday night in August, and the first movie coming up is Blue's Clues. 
I know a bunch of you that's been around for, I don't know, how long has Blue's Clues been around? Oh like, kids, our kids. Forever. But years. it's, it's, a, it's, you know, they revamp it every 10 years or whatever. This is a pretty good, it's, it's not cartoony. I mean, it is, but it's not. There's live action. It has a really good storyline. I loved it. Paul watched it 57 and a half times. It, it's, it's great. Second movie is the new Super Mario Brothers. That is like animated, but it's like really cool the way they do it now. Cartoons are awesome. <laughs> really good storyline there. Another one that's live action is Lyle Lyle Crocodile. You got to come watch it because it sounds cool in the title. That's actually a really good movie. I thought it was going to be cheesy, but it was awesome. And then we're finishing with Little Mermaid, the original one. Yeah. It's just good sometimes to see the, you know, the, old, the old classics. Um, let's see, other than that, I think that's it. How's everybody's summer going? Good. Boys just started football. Perfect yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's stand up. Let's meet and greet, which also, by the way, if you come early to the movie nights, you guys can meet and greet for like an hour. <laughs> so I'm just saying, yeah. if five minutes isn't enough, come to the movie nights. You can do it for an hour. All right. There won't even be a timer.
<laughs> well... They don't care. They don't care. They don't care. At this time, I would like to ask the ushers to get ready for offering. Um, I know times right now are really tough. Like everything costs way more than it should, mm -hmm. and it makes it hard to provide things that you need, and you're having to budget a lot. But we have, I mean, we have four kids. We have a lot to feed. That's a lot of food. They go through it like crazy. And God is always, always providing. I don't know how he does it. He, pulls, he gets it done. He makes sure we always have food, that we always have a place to live, and that we're taken care of in every possible way that we could be taken care of. Yeah. And you just have to do the, the 10%. Start with 10, even if it's 1%. That's starting somewhere, and then work your way up. to. And you have to have that conversation with God on where do you want me to start? Where should I start? Where do you want me? Because it's not going to be the same for all of us. We're all in a different spot right now with him and where we need to be, how we need to be offering and where we need to be offering it to at the church. Benevolence, tithes and offering, everywhere. There's so many places that we outreach. And so at this time, I will pray and then we'll take offering. Lord, I just thank you so much for all that you do in our lives and always providing for us in every single way, financially, spiritually, healing. I'm so grateful for all that you do for us in this church, Lord, and that you're going to continue to do through us in this church to do your work, Lord. And I just thank you so much for letting us be part of your journey, Lord, and helping us do what needs to be done, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Pastor Anna. Father, we just come to you, giving you what we have, our hearts, our voices, our thoughts, our focus. Let us bless you today, God, as we proclaim who you are, to encourage us, those around us, those listening online, we want to proclaim who you are. our voice to you this morning. Go ahead and stand up this morning as we stand in the presence of royalty. Oh, God. You are not a God created by human hands. You are not a God dependent on any mortal man. You are not a God in your plan is just the way it is. You are not a God created by human hands. You are not a God dependent on any mortal man. You are not a God
they feel that person's pain, I want to lift them up. Pray your comfort and peace before them. Pray for all those online that are unable to go to a church for whatever reason. God, we ask you to touch them in a special way today. Heal us today. Bring us closer to you today. Help us to be more like you and to bless others as you've blessed us. You know, I told you my favorite thing about being a pastor is that I get to learn something and then I get to go share it with somebody. And it's a real blessing to me because this week I did learn some things that I'd never heard before and I'm excited about it to share it with you. We are in our series on spiritual gifts. As I've told you, God has given us everything we need to do His will, His mission here at Mount Zion Church. Every tool is in the toolbox. The question is, are we willing to use it? Too many times we leave them in the toolbox and we try to use something else. And don't think none of you have ever tried using a steak knife to unscrew a screw. We've all done it. The right tool is so important. You ever been over at one of those guys' houses and they have all the tools, like Hugh, and he has all the tools? And you're like, oh my gosh, this tool works so great. I was trying to use this. And it, it never fails that when you use the right tool at the right time, it just makes the job so much easier. So God has given us here at Mount Zion Church all we need. Every one of you has spiritual giftings. And we talked about it. Last Sunday was kind of an introduction. I want to begin this message with kind of an overview of that. I know some of it be repetitive, but we really need to lay a strong foundation for this. In their message this morning, after I kind of review a little bit of last week, we're gonna, I want to focus on how the Holy Spirit initiates these gifts. How does he do it? And we need to be aware of it and look for it. Again, more of a preparation is this week. We're going to do more in the weeks to come to look at each individual gift. But one of the reasons why we're studying and talking about this is because they're for every believer. Every believer. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are not for those special people or those really religious people, those really holy people. It's not just a function for Sunday mornings either. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are for every believer And they're for all of us to experience every day of any week, at any time, anywhere. The gifts of the Holy Spirit. If you call an electrician, we've all seen this. If you call an electrician, you want him to do some work in your home. He or she may get dressed up in a really nice uniform. They come in, bring all their certificates in. And they say, I graduated from this school of electrical work. I graduated from that one. I have a degree. I have my contractor's license. And I like being an electrician. And that's all good. But if the dude doesn't bring his toolbox, he's not going to be able to do much of what he needs to do. He will need the tools to begin to do the job. So the gifts of the Spirit are that toolbox for each of us. 
And we've got to go into the world and impact the world with the power of the Holy Spirit. And we need our spiritual toolbox. Amen? Okay. So we need to know how, we need to, know how to use these tools that God has made. I'm sorry? That God has made available to all of us. And that's why we're, what we're after. We're after this. I'm after this. I am not the most spiritual person in the room. I can, on any given Sunday, it could be someone else. I could have one gift for one moment, and you could have another gift for another moment. But it's for all, okay. Um, Okay. Yeah. No, you're right. When we need him, God provides it. It just depends what your motive is, and we're going to get more into that in a minute. So before we get started, I want to, about actually how the Holy Spirit initiates this gift, let me give you a quick overview from last Sunday. A little background. We have Paul's epistle or letter in the first book and second book of Corinthians. Paul spent about 18 months in, in Corinth establishing or planting a church there. there 18 mo- after 18 months, he moves on. And, and it's amazing what happens in 18 months in this church he established. It becomes very powerful in their use of spiritual gifts. Yes, the church had its problems, like any church, in certain areas. And we talked about them last week. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 5, he tells the Corinthians, Hey! You're enriched in everything. You've been made rich by the Lord in all utterances and the vocal gifts, in all knowledge, in all revelation gifts. And in verse 7, chapter 1, he says, he tells the Corinthians, you come short of no gift. You're lacking in no gift. Imagine a community of believers only been together for 18 months, and you don't lack any gift? You come short of no gift. The Holy Spirit is functioning and operating in and through you. Can you imagine the power, powerful services that must have been? In chapter 5, verse, verse, five, uh, verse 5 of 1 Corinthians, he says, The power of the Lord is present when you gather together. Oh, let that, Father, let that be said of Mount Zion Church, that when people walk in, they see that the power of the Lord is present when we gather together. Amen? Imagine they're coming together in worship. The power of the Lord is evidence in the midst of them. 
And he says you are zealous in your spiritual gifts. Awesome. I hope you're zealous for something. I hope you got passion for it. So here's this group of people. They're zealous. They're eager. They're excited about the gifts of the Spirit. And I want us to be like that too. I pray every Sunday morning you're excited. God, what are you going to do today? He says they're all speaking in tongues. He says, I thank my God I speak in tongues even more than you. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 26, and I know I'm moving quickly, but just an overview. Paul says, whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. All these things, he says, should be done. He said, when you come together, he said, how, think about this. How do you come together? How do we come together? I mean, are you come to church going, oh man, I got to sit through an hour and a half of this. Or, okay, I just got to get through church. I just got to get there. We'll get past that and then we'll go have fun. That's not how they came together. He says, when you all come together, each of you is coming with something bringing something with you when you gathered. It says you come with a song. You came with a psalm, with a tongue, with an interpretation, with a revelation, or a teaching. It is so exciting when you come to church and you say, God, use me today. God, help me speak to a word to somebody today who needs it. Use me today. Maybe I'll share something like Steve did. It's encouraged. What did you, did you consciously wake up this morning and go, all right, let's get ready for church. What are we going to bring? Father, what are you going to bring through me today? Father, is there someone who needs to hear a word of encouragement? Is there someone I got to pray for? God, do you have a word for the church in and through me? Did you pray, God, use me in church service today to bless others? Use me. Consciously thinking that, imagine Imagine what our Sunday mornings, if everybody who walked through the door is ready to give, ready to bring something that God gave them. Not trying to, to, to think of just getting through it or distracting yourself through it, thinking of something else. He says, let all these things be done. Nobody is saying, no, don't do that. He's saying, let all things be done. He's encouraging it. Just make sure it's decent and it's in order. Just do it right and properly. That's what Paul's doing. That's what we're learning here. So when you look at the Corinth church in, in terms of the spiritual dynamics or the workings of the Spirit, it was wonderful. It's something we, we must look at and go, God, that kind of people, I want to be that kind of people. I want a church like that. I want to be a church like that. Whether it's small groups or you meet a person for coffee or whether you, you met them today. God, I'm coming. I want to give something to somebody. I want to bless somebody with a gift that you have put in me. Or maybe it's a revelation or a song. It's in your heart. Sometimes I want to bless somebody. God, let me bless somebody with it. I want to give it out. I want to minister with one of these gifts, God. Not everybody's going to get a chance on the mic today. It's not practical. It doesn't make sense. But you'll all interact with each other today. You just did during meet and greet. 
And as you talk to one another, maybe after service today, before the service or during prayer time, you look for opportunities. Today, before you leave, go, God, before I get up off this pew, is there somebody I can bless today? It's foundational to what they're going to do. The weeks to come, we're going to dive deep into these nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. As an overview, I just want you to remember a couple more things. First of all, the gifts of the Spirit are given to all believers. Now, some of these things I know I repeated last Sunday, but all the nine gifts are available to all the believers. No believer needs to say, the Holy Spirit doesn't work through me, poor me. I'm just not like that. God doesn't like me as much as those people. If you're a believer, he's waiting. He's on call waiting, and you're still clicking and talking to everybody else. If you remember call waiting. Do you remember call? Okay, Anna, that was in your time. Okay. In chapter 14, verse 1, he says, We must all pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. He tells us to pursue love, I think, because if you're doing spiritual gifts to showboat, to look like a spiritual big shot or star, or you're just trying to shake things up, that's not what he's interested in. But if you're doing it out of love, God, I love that person so much, or you've put your love for them in me, how can I bless them with one of your spiritual gifts today? So the second thing about the gifts of the Spirit is they're supernatural manifestations of the Spirit. How do you know the Holy Spirit's there? One of the ways is through the expression of the gifts. The gifts give a manifestation of His presence and power of the Holy Spirit. It's to help you know the Holy Spirit is here. The Holy Spirit is doing something. He is moving and He's working through us. How? Through the gifts. And thirdly, the gifts of the Spirit are gifts of grace. You didn't earn it. They're given by grace. It means you didn't do anything to earn it. I don't qualify for it. God just releases it through all of us based on grace. And we just have to make ourselves available. The real motivation of the gifts of the Spirit are to edify people, to build them up. The gifts of the Spirit are not another star you put on a badge and you hope, man, if I can get that ninth star, man, I'm in. You know, it, it's not to make you look good. It's to make God look good. It's to encourage someone else. They're given to edify people and to glorify Christ. Number four, the gifts of the Spirit are manifested as we walk in love and desire the gifts, and then we have to step out in faith. God, I love that person. I feel your love flowing out of me towards that person in the situation and their needs. It may be they're sick. God, I moved with love for them. They may be confused. God, if I could just speak a word that will give them some comfort or some wisdom. When love motivates you, you are always on the right track. God is love. So you're on his plan when you act in love. You walk in love, and the second thing you have to do is you have to have that desire. You've got to want this. Don't be a comfortable Christian. Don't be a Christian and sits back and goes, well, you know, I drove to church. What else do you want? You know, I put a little something in the offering. What else do you want? Come on, I, I, me, I, I, me, I. What else do you want? And that's not what the Bible is talking about. You have to desire to want to help people, to want to bless them. 
The greatest thing is when you have that love for somebody maybe you don't even know. But suddenly you have something on your heart and you have no idea what to do about it. Then you make yourself available to the Holy Spirit. It may just be, you may just be sowing the seed. You might say to someone at the Starbucks pounder, how are you doing today? You look a little rough on the edges. It looks like you're having a bad day. Oh yeah, it's going rough. But you say, you know what? I'll pray for you in Jesus' name. That's it. Then you don't know if someone else comes along and all of a sudden another discussion comes. Oh my gosh, somebody said they were praying for me today. You never know. And then you got to step out in faith. You actually have to do something. You have to do something about it. You can't just sit back and go, I don't understand why I'm not getting closer to God. I don't know why I'm not being used to bless anybody. I'm still waiting for God to, to really lay it out clearly exactly what I need to do. Now you've got to take a step. You've got to try something. You should be okay. okay you get it wrong. If you're, come on, if you did it in love, if you, if you step out in love, nobody's going to go, you're a jerk. You know when someone's really doing something out of love, and even if they make a mistake, you know where their heart is. Number five, we mentioned earlier, every believer can manifest all nine gifts. The gifts don't belong to me. They don't belong to you. They're called the gifts of the Spirit. They belong to the Holy Spirit. And he can manifest all of them through you. So you've got to be open to all nine. Don't rule any of them out. And that leads us to number six. The best gifts are the gifts needed for that occasion. You see somebody sick, what's the best gift? Gift of healing. You see somebody who needs counsel, the gift of wisdom. The be- love is the best gift to help somebody. You'll always have it. So the best gift of the gift are gifts needed for that occasion. Number seven, because spiritual things can be taught, believers can be taught and trained in the release of the gifts of the Spirit. And some people have a problem, we said last week, with that. They have a problem with that, Siri. How can you train other people? You just, have to, you just have to read your Bible and wait for the Holy Spirit to just go boom. No, you can be trained. Spiritual things, that's, I mean, come on, we have Bible schools, we have Bible colleges. Then you practice, you practice, you test your work. The journey with the Holy Spirit, you learn how to become uh, available to the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, they had schools of prophets. Samuel was a great prophet. He started it, and he established the schools of the prophets. Many places, very likely Elisha and Elijah, And other many unnamed prophets came out of those schools and they ministered across the land. So you can be trained in the gifts of the Spirit. Number eight, often spiritual gifts flow in conjunction to one another to accomplish a specific goal that God wants to do. So you're ministering to a person. You have a word of knowledge and it reveals something about their past. You might have a word of wisdom. Giving them instructions for the future or you have a Word of prophecy, encouraging them and addressing the specific need. And gifts of the healings and, and miracles flow as well. And just a couple more points. There, there are gifts, there are, remember we said there are gifts that empower, membership gifts, and ministry gifts. Every believer has a membership role and a function in the body. And God has given grace in your life to those things. You were not called to come to a church so you enjoy yourself and get waited on. That's not your calling. We're all called to serve and to bless one another, encourage one another. All of us. 
There are so many people today on this Sunday all around this country in tiny churches and in big churches. And all they're going to do is get up in the morning, rush to get everything together, get into church a little late, and leave a little early, and that's it. And they go, yeah, I'm a Christian. Really what they are is super secret agent Christians. They sneak into church and they sneak out before anyone sees them. The gifts are useful when you are interacting with people and you're functioning with people. When you meet people, when you meet people who are sick, when you meet people who need miracles, when you need pe- meet people who need encouragement. Many of the miracles that Jesus did did not happen in the church, by the way, or in the synagogues. It happened out in the marketplace. So all you people that deal with any kind of business, that's where Jesus did a lot of his work. So regardless of your membership, gifting, calling, role, or function in the body, the gifts help you carry out those functions, and it's available to everyone. Number 10, the gifts of the Spirit are no indication of spiritual maturity. The Corinthian church was not spiritually mature. Paul spent only 18 months there, and he got them all started. And as believers, they were not very mature. In fact, there were a lot of problems because of that. They were all fighting with each other, arguing with each other, all those kind of things that indicate immaturity. Paul said to them, you are spiritual babies. That's what he tells them in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. You're spiritual babies. They're not spiritually mature. But they had a lot of the gifts going on. They were operating in all their lives. They had this move of the Spirit. So there's a difference between spiritual sensitivity and spiritual maturity. To operate and move in the gifts, you just need to be spiritually sensitive and available. That's it. You don't need to be very mature. You just need to be sensitive and keen to what the Holy Spirit is doing. Being spiritually sensitive opens up your life to the workings of the Holy Spirit. It gives the Spirit spiritual maturity. And it really has to do with character when we talk about spiritual maturity. And growing in spiritual understanding. And becoming more Christ-like. Remember we've talked a couple of weeks ago in Hebrews. Where he says, stop drinking all the milk. It's time to get you on some meat. And then last week we talked about you don't have to be spiritually mature, but God doesn't want us to be ignorant in these things. So think about it. We can have both areas because the gifts of the Spirit can be manifested anywhere, anytime. Whether you're traveling, let's say you get into a taxi. The man is sitting there. He's driving you to the airport or driving you somewhere. We need to get accustomed in the minute you get in that cab to go, God, do you have a word for this person? That should be normal for you and me. Because God has brought people into your life, not by accident. So inside the taxi, a total stranger, yes, because God loves him, because God cares about him. God loves him, so you say a word for him? Is there something I can give to him, God? I want to love him like you love him. When you're at the store or the checkout of Starbucks or waiting in line, when you approach the counter or you're at the drive-thru, say a little prayer. God, are you up to something here? Is this a divine appointment? How exciting. We need to look at people with that compassion anytime, anywhere. And the last part is, cor- last part is corporate. 
the collective expectation and desire. That's about us meeting together. It can increase the manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit. The Bible even talks about, come magnify the Lord with me. The more voices, the more unity. That's why Paul preaches so much unity in the churches so we're all on the same page. You come together every Sunday morning or a small group, you need to come with that expectation. God, I want to see your power. God, I want to see the gifts operating through my life and other people. You come to church saying, God, I want to see you today. When there's this kind of expectation, you are going to see God move more and more and more. And just say, God, I want to see something. God, I want to receive something. God, I want to give something. God, I want to see your Holy Spirit move in and through me and others today. Now, before we close, let me get into the main part of what I want. This is where I really wanted to get to. Because I want us to understand how the Holy Spirit initiates this release of the Holy Spirit. It's super important. The Bible makes it clear to us that our spirit has five senses, at least five senses, just like our body has five senses. He also, it also tells us we're a tripart being, right? Spirit, soul, and body. The body's the outside part. We look around and see each other. The soul is our mind, our will, our emotions, our intellectual, the emotional and the mental part of us. Our spirit is the eternal part, which connects with God. So think about your five senses in these three parts. Let me say, do you think God has created any part of you not for his glory? God created us. We are emotional beings. We are some of us are intellectual beings. Some are incredibly intuitive. I mean, all of us have different dynamics in our lives. You don't think that's for God's glory? Some people are incredibly strong. They can lift a ton of stuff. And when they get connected in church life, they bless so many people when they help with certain things that other people can't do. Our whole mind, body, spirit. Don't you think that's all designed? Why would God design us in a way that would not bring glory to him. Every part of you is designed for this. It's a miracle if you really think about it. God created all of us in a way to bring all of us to bring him glory. Galatians, it says in the book of Galatians, offer your whole bodies as living sacrifices. And he even goes on to say, that's your true form of spiritual worship. So I, wanna, I want us to dwell on that for a second. The Holy Spirit dwells in our spirit. The Holy Spirit can touch any part of our being. He can touch our body if he wants. But sometimes, even and I know we've all been there, where sometimes you can physically feel the presence of God. You can. He can touch our soul, but he always ministers to us in spirit. Now, the Bible say, says the Spirit bears witness. That means he communicates. He speaks to us through our spirit. <clears throat> we all understand the natural part. The natural part is we see, we hear, we feel, we taste, we smell, and all that information goes into our soul, and we process it, and we make decisions, and we act. 
For example, after service, maybe you go to lunch and somebody says, hey, that chicken, that chicken looks really good. The guy goes, yeah, it, it, I think it is. He goes, you know what? That really smells good too. And then you go, can I taste it? And you taste it. And it smells really good. And then you go, I'll have three of those, please. So you have these sensory inputs that help you make that decision based on what you saw, what you smelled, what you heard. And you process it. And you go, yeah, maybe I'll try that. Maybe I'll order that. I'm a, that was how you made your decision. So you serve yourself and you serve yourself. and You, serve, right? you just keep on eating. So there's these sensory inputs that come through your senses. And when you process them in your mind, then you act on it and you do something about it. Very natural process. Well, the same thing is true with the Holy Spirit. Stay with me. This is so cool. The Holy Spirit gives you inputs through your five, let's call them spiritual senses. Some of us say, well, I've never heard the Holy Spirit speak to me. But he's always there. He's always been speaking. You just haven't picked it up yet. It's been ringing a long time, and you're just not taking the call. The Bible says the Spirit bears witness with our spirit. So there's a spirit sense, a feeling. You can feel it in your spirit. For instance, the feeling of a peace in your spirit. It's like a green signal from the Holy Spirit, right? You can come to that traffic light, it's green, you keep going. Maybe you're about to make a decision. You pray, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? Should I go ahead? Should I not go ahead? If it's green, you go ahead. But sometimes your spirit, Paul said it this way, I feel bound. I feel bound. Look at, we are built as emotional creatures. So if we're using our gifts with the motivation of love, don't you think God's going to use our senses and how to indicate these things? I feel bound. In the book, Acts chapter 20, Paul said it this way, I'm bound in my spirit like somebody tied me up. He said, the Holy Spirit is telling me I've got trouble waiting for me. So a tightness meant trouble to him. In other words, that was a red light. I got this tightness. I feel bound. I don't think the Holy Spirit wants me to go. Paul was stirred in his spirit, it says. I feel compelled to act. I've got to do something. I've got to do something. The Holy Spirit speaking those feelings in your spirit. He's trying to get you to receive a message. He's going to get you to do something with these feelings. Sometimes you feel restless. Paul says, I felt restless until I came to you. So why doesn't he just slap me on the head and tell me what to do? Because the remember when uh, Jesus was being baptized and the Holy Spirit descended upon him? I don't think he slapped him on the head. It says that he was a dove. It gently descended. That's why. He's a still small voice. He's a gentleman. Then there's the Holy Spirit of seeing. The Bible's full of that. People saw visions. They saw stuff. Jeremiah, what do you see? Jeremiah said, I see a pot of boiling water. It's facing north. So what? That means a message. 
It means from the north the army was coming to destroy Israel. So God was speaking, but he was using pictures through your spiritual sense of seeing. God is releasing pictures and images that will rise up. Sometimes it could be like a movie. Sometimes it might be a dream at night. God is speaking through your spirit sense of seeing, and he's trying to give you a picture. And then there's our spirit sense of hearing. What do you hear? When we hear words communicated by natural sounds, that's through our ears. We get it. We can hear it. But in the spirit, words most times are transmitted without sounds. In your spirit, you might receive a word. You might receive a sentence. You might receive full knowledge. Just kind of coming up in you without sound. It just came, but you know it in your spirit. The Holy Spirit can speak to you with your spiritual sense of hearing. But we have to hear. We have to be available to hear. How many times in the Bible, I don't know, I didn't count them, you let him who has ears to hear, hear what the Spirit is saying. He's not talking about natural hearing. What he's talking about is your spiritual ears. The ears that God opens up. The ears that you can hear heaven with. So there's your also, this is a little weird one too, your spirit taste of smell. I mean, uh, yeah, taste and smell. I know it's weird, but we have examples in the Bible all the time. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Or Ezekiel and John both had its experiments where they had to eat a scroll, it was said. That doesn't mean they actually took the Bible. It wasn't like that. But it said this, that when, they, when it was good, when the word was good, it tasted like honey. But when the word was about judgment, it says it was bitter. So the taste indicated the message. And sometimes in your spirit, you can get a taste. Sometimes it's a bad taste. God is saying, don't go. Just get out. Leave the place. Don't work with those people. Don't interact. Same thing with this sense of smell. There's so many scriptures that talk about our actions and our prayers are like spiritual incense to God. There's an aroma in the spiritual realm, just like we have an aroma in the natural. So sometimes you get pleasant smells when it talks about God's presence, God's moving or doing something, God's healing, God's delivering you. You need that that smell of God is a good smell. So we have the five spirit senses. All of us, all of us have these spiritual faculties. The Holy Spirit bears witness with speaking us to, through those spiritual faculties. And some of you are, but what about deaf people? What about those people? Well, I can tell you this. My grandma was practically deaf. She had these big old hearing aids. She hated them. She hated them, not because they went, it wasn't that. She hated him because she couldn't hear the heavenly music when she had those hearing aids in. She wanted to hear from heaven. She wanted to hear from this world. Or what about blind people? You don't think they get images in their mind? Especially people who are blind from, from, the, uh, from day one. They get images in their mind still. There was an old movie. Remember the movie Mask? And Laura Dern is teaching, uh, or Laura Dern was blind, and he was teaching her colors. How do you teach a blind person colors? 
So he handed her a hot rock. He said, that's red. He handed her a piece of ice. He said, that's blue. And then he handed her a bunch of cotton balls and said, that's white. And by, she could tell what colors were by her hand. So we interact are with our senses. God has created them for his glory and for us to understand the Holy Spirit and to direct us and to guide us and to bear witness. There are times, of course, he speaks through written scriptures. God, yeah, that's the easy one. But I'm talking about how the Holy Spirit initiates the gifts of the Spirit. He initiates these gifts from our spirit through our spirit senses. And we have to train these spiritual senses. And training takes practice. First of all, you have to be opened up, ready, alert, sensitive to it. We actually have to wake up in the morning and be consciously alert to what the Holy Spirit's going to do. The more you listen to the Holy Spirit, the more you recognize his voice. I know God has spoken. I know God has given me a word for that person. I know what I'm saying right now. It's not just through my learning. This is a word from the Lord. You can draw the distinction. You know the difference because you've trained your senses through practice. It's like on the phone. First time somebody calls you, you go, who is this? Maybe the second time you go, oh, this voice sounds familiar. Maybe the third or fourth time you go, they go, you go, hello? And they go, hey. And you go, hey, how's it going? You recognize their voice right away. We need to know the voice of God. It takes a few times, though. And then you recognize it. Just like on the phone, same thing with our spirit. You're learning to listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying. And remember, he can speak to you anytime, anywhere, not just now, not just sitting here, not just when you pray. It could be anytime. I want to encourage us all to practice. And please don't be afraid to make mistakes. When you're just learning, you're just learning. God knows that. And if you're acting out of love, they're going to know that. And Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. So you really need to make sure you're hearing from the shepherd. Not the voice of our own souls or somebody else said. But then you have to act. So let me close with this. The gifts of the Spirit, they manifest through the believer. And the Holy Spirit moves according to his sovereign will. Don't get discouraged. There are many times example. For an example, you get a gift of healing might throw through you. God uses you. He gives you a word. And the gifts of healing flow through you. And there are going to be times when the Holy Spirit moves sovereignly. That means people are in the audience and nobody prays for them. Boom, they're just healed. And let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit will move on if you don't make yourself available. And that's such a bummer. Imagine someone needs a healing. God wants to use you, but you haven't made yourself available. So he'll go, oh, you know what? I'll just get someone else or I'll just do it sovereignly. If he wants it done, you're not going to stop him. I was at Jubilee Center in San Jose. 3,000 people. We were at a worship conference. Chris and Matt gave shots in the worship. It was packed. And uh, my buddy, Bill, there were 
there were three balconies. We were in the middle balcony because that's where the sound booth was. We wanted to see what sound equipment they were using. And um, during worship, the worship was getting towards the end of worship. And it was full. You remember, this is all worship leaders and all these celebrity type worship leaders. And I'm up there in the balcony and somebody, all of a sudden it got quiet. And this, this person began to speak in tongues. And the hair stood up like this. I understood what she was saying. I could hear clearly understood what she's saying. And I turned to Bill and I go, Bill, I think I understand what she's saying. He goes, well, Bill says, well, then you have to speak it out. You have to, I can't speak it out from all these people. He goes, yeah, you got to speak it out. While I'm arguing with Bill, another guy got up, stood up and said exactly what I told Bill. God said, and God clearly said, fine, I'll move on. I don't want God to ever move on, on from me. And I don't think you do either. God offers up opportunities all the time when we make ourselves available. Got to remain open. Got to take a step of faith. So let's, we're going to close in prayer. Maybe we could all stand up. I want to take a moment. Maybe just right where you're at. Bow your head and close your eyes. Maybe on, online. And let's just make room for the Holy Spirit right now. Do you hear Him? Do you sense Him? Is He giving you a picture? Is He giving you an inclination, a feeling? Do you see Him? What do you see? Do you feel Him? What do you feel? So, Father, as we go out, my prayer is that we all be conscious of making ourselves available to your Holy Spirit each and every day. That, God, we don't forget this. That each morning, God, I pray that you quicken all of our spirits. That we wake up and we think, Holy Spirit, how can you use me today? God, how can you move in and through me today? Who can I encourage today? Who can I call and bless who I see at the store or at Starbucks, who can I encourage today? God, you so loved the world and we need to love them as well. But God, some of us are shy. Some of us don't feel spiritually mature enough. Some of us are just skittish about these things. We're not even sure. So God, that's why it says, we have to practice it. That's why we have to take baby steps. Maybe just think of a person you haven't talked to in a while. Give them a call and encourage them. Whatever it is, God, big or small, we want to be available. We want people to walk into Mount Zion Church and say, oh, those are those people that, that pray for people out there like it's like Walmart and they pray over at Safeway. Those are those people that encourage so many. Then you come in here and unbelievable, the Holy Spirit is just moving and we know it. But God, we're going to have to be available to you and we're going to have to believe and step out in that faith. So Father, I ask you increase 
increase in this place. Father, you have given all of us a measure of faith. The Psalms tell us that we have a measure. So just as Jabez prayed for expanding territories, God, I pray you will increase our faith. Make us more sensitive to the Holy Spirit and give us more courage to step out in that faith out of love to bless others and to bring glory to you. That's our homework this week, to be more sensitive and to be living our lives on purpose for you. So go with us, God, and bless us indeed. And in Jesus' name, the church said, Amen. Amen. Go bless someone today. You got all the tools. Go get them. (laughs) 